0: Wow, how's everyone doing? Everyone's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so you guys are not really here for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> everyone good? Yeah. You guys happy to be in God's house? Yeah. Ah, there's always that one person. I love it. Yeah. Great. Top of the morning to you. But well, we're gonna deep dive straight into the word. So please turn with me to the book of Hebrews. I'm gonna read from Hebrews 11. I'm gonna read from verse one through to three. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse one through to three. As per usual, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 through 2, 3. It's my online family as well. Once you're there, say I. Aye. aye. Great. And it goes as follows. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you this morning. I thank you, O Lord, for an opportunity to share Your word, I thank you, O Lord, for your people. Lord, I thank you that we have breath in our lungs. I thank you that we have eyes to see. Lord, I thank you that we have ears to hear. Lord, I thank you that you are good. You are a faithful God, a loving God, a kind God, a merciful God, a trustworthy God, a one that keeps his promise even when I don't keep mine, a one that continues to guide me and show me in the path of righteousness. That is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, Lord, I pray that you illuminate our hearts and our minds to receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Has anybody here ever felt something almost moving in their spirit where they know they need to do something, but they've been scared, but when they've done it, they're like, oh my days, I'm so glad I did it. And they got a positive result out of it. Anybody here, it could be anything, something as small as I want to catch that bus, but if you want to catch the bus, you're scared that the bus door might close, but you do it in faith and you get there and you catch it. anyone there, just me, right? Or in the wonderful United Kingdom, we have the amazing tube system. And if there's one thing I love about the tube system, apart from being the sardines, I don't know about you guys, I tend to be the guy that when I'm seated and I could see somebody, they want to catch the the tube and they're on the outside and they're making their way. I'm just there, I don't know, I make it a hobby. I'm just watching them, I'm like, are they gonna do it? They're gonna, and you can see them, they, they kind of do this walk and those of you online, you might see they do this walk, like a little penguin walk and they try to get there. And as soon as they did it and it closes, they turn sideways as if they're never gonna get in. Has anyone ever seen that, is it just me? You guys have seen that, right? And I'm always watching them. I don't know, there's something about me and sports and competition. I, I love to see how people exercise faith. And sometimes when faith doesn't go their way, And it feels like a failure how they deal with that. You see those people turn. And I'm just looking at them. And even as the train's moving, I'm still looking at them. Just to keep eye contact like, yeah, you didn't make it. Sorry, but it's okay. There's always another time. But I bring this up to you today because I realize that everybody, whether you're a believer or an atheist, we all exercise faith. We all exercise faith. And today's message is entitled, The Weight of Faith. The weight of faith. What do I mean a bit more about that we all exercise faith? Many of us here, I believe we took some form of transport, right? Whether it's we drove or we took a train or I don't know, maybe you guys have got helicopters somewhere. But many of us all took some form of transport to get here. But the question is, how many of you, for us to ask you that dishonest question and also those of you online, how many of you guys that are present here today that took a form of transport, had a fear that you wasn't going to make it in today. Show of hands. You honestly had a fear you wasn't going to make it in today. So there's no hands. And online, I don't believe there's any hand either. And what's interesting about that, we become so used to the routine of traveling at times, we never really anticipate that uh, an accident might happen or whatever, right? And thanks be to God for that. But why am I sharing this with you? Because to even have trust in a car or a bus or a train that you are not driving or a plane that you might take to travel to another country and you believe that somebody you do not know or seen their record, that they've got a, a, a pilot certificate, you will sit on that plane or that bus or that train to believe it will get you to your destination. And even though we forget that, that still takes faith. That still takes Faith. Why am I sharing the message entitled The Way of Faith? The book of Hebrews says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's a substance of the things that we're hoping for. Faith is a substance of the things that we are hoping for. The evidence of things not seen. If it's evidence, it's true. If it's evidence, it's real. If it's evidence, it's tangible. If it's evidence, it's plausible. But yet we don't see it at this moment in time. Yeah, I believe I'm going to get to that destination. Can you guarantee that? Is that a fact? No. But you believe, yeah. It still takes faith. It's the evidence of the things that I'm going to get there. I'm not there yet. I can tell you I'm going to get there. I can tell you the estimated time, but I'm not there yet. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. And by the elders that obtain it, by a good testimony, but verse three, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And towards the end of my message, I'm going to really touch on that and why that is really important and significant to the Christian faith. But why am I talking about faith today? It's because I believe this message is twofold. This message on one side is a form of encouragement, but this message on the other side is also a form of rebuke. Because when I began to look at what true biblical faith looks like, I began to realize, in my personal humble opinion, that the majority of us are not living by faith. Really, Manuel? Not the biblical faith that I've read. Because even as I began to read I was like, oh, I'm not actually doing this to the extent that the word of God is telling me. What do I mean by that? What does faith mean? The dictionary tells us that faith is a complete trust or or confidence in someone or something. A strong belief in a doctrine or a religion based on spiritual convictions rather than proof. That's what the dictionary tells us. And for those of you guys that were there, we did a Bible study um, for the discipleship class a few weeks back and I spoke on faith and I said, I'll be sharing this in a sermon and I wouldn't go into deep, theology and and biblical history of it. But I would encourage you guys um, to to do some of your own further studies of it. Because the more I began to look at faith in the biblical Hebraic text, I began to realize that faith in this original term means um, emunah or emunah depending on how you may choose to pronounce it. And what does that mean? It means to have a faith or a belief. It means faithfulness. It means to have a trust, a trustworthiness, a steadfastness, a practice, a master artist. Someone that has a confidence in a thing or a devotion to a thing. Someone that has a firm action in something. Somebody that is willing to act on what they believe. That might bring you back to, why did I say that, some of us as believers today are not doing things the way I've learned from the people of the ancient times is because more and more and more, how many of us have friends or family or people we may know, or people we may see online or people we may work with and they claim to have faith in God? Anyone? Just me? And as I began to look at that, have a conversation, maybe with yourself in a moment of reflection, in a diary or even with a fellow member of the church or somebody that you may know have a conversation and ask them when you say you have faith in God what do you mean follow up that with a second question when you say you have faith in God what does that look like what do you mean and what does that look like For it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, but it will soon be seen. What does it look like? And when we begin to look at the word emunah or emunah, we begin to see more and more that it means to act. It means to behave. It means to perform. It means to practice. But it means to inhabit and embody an attitude, a character trait. Have any of you guys ever seen um, even movies like The Last Samurai or seen videos or shows of somebody practicing martial arts? Anyone? And you see the practices, right? And usually when they do their practice, everyone's moving in time. And You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You guys are kind of like, you've never watched Karate Kid or anything. And and the reason why I'm talking about this is because even when I speak to some of my friends that are now the the people that are really gym enthusiasts and they're really going for it, and I see some of my friends. I'm like, "How's gym going?" And some of them are like, "Yeah, gym's tough, man. <laughs> Every day is a battle. Every day is a struggle." But do you get the veterans? Those that have been going gym for a good nine months plus. Like, how's gym, man? Is it going well? They don't even really tell you gym is going well. They say, "Yeah, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, man." Yeah, gym's a lifestyle. I life. "What do you mean that? Like, it's a lifestyle. It's the diet. It's the waking up early. It's the water you drink. It's the rest that you make. It's the reps. It's your form. It's your posture. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle." You realize, wow, you go from a routine to a lifestyle. And I've come to realize in the original biblical times, faith wasn't just this premeditated thought that you had. It was a lifestyle. Faith is not how you do one thing. It's how you do everything. Everything is connected to faith in this. And before I go even further, the word Amunah is is reflected. The first time it's seen in in the scriptures is in Genesis 15, verse um, 1 through to 6. And I'm going to jump through some of those verses between 1 through to 6. Genesis 15, verse 1 through to 6. And in verse 2, it goes, Abraham says, Lord, God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house, Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my own heir. Verse 4, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come. From your own body shall be your heir. Verse five. Then he brought him out and said, look now towards the heavens and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and it counted to him for righteousness. It said he believed in who? The Lord. And the word belief there is that Aminah, he believed in the Lord. But let me ask you a question. When God told him to look out and to see the stars and the skies and everything, he said that, so shall be your offspring, right? So let me ask those that are tuning in online and those here present today. Do you believe that Abraham would see that vision, believed in the Lord and sit there doing nothing? Anyone? Or do you believe that Abraham still has to do something to see the promise to come to pass? The first one or the latter one? The latter one, right? Can you imagine him just looking at his wife? Yo, baby, how you doing? Your yeah, man spoke to God today still. Yeah, he looked out, saw the stars and everything. Your eyes are like two shiny diamonds. And his wife is like, okay, so what's going to happen next? No, that's it. The baby's going to come. Can you imagine the side eye his wife would be giving him? Like, no, listen, well for of old age, but... If you really believe, you're going to have to act on the belief you claim that you have. The emunah. And what happened, we're seeing here that Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. And please hold on to that, that point that he counted it onto him as righteousness. The emunah. In Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4, there's a scripture I love there. This is another early part that we're beginning to see of God's emunah. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Righteous and upright is he. And what we're beginning to see there, a God of truth, righteous and upright, the emunah of the Lord. He is a righteous God. He is a faithful God. The ESV version says that a God of faithfulness. And we need to understand that faithfulness, again, is a root word connected to faith. But if God is faithful, the reason why I say that I believe we are not acting and behaving in the lifestyle of the way God wanted us to, or wants us to rather, is because when we pray and we ask God to do something in our lives, do we expect God to do something? Yes or no? Yes. If we expect God to do something and we believe that in faith, how much more so is God expecting us to do something if we believe in that faith at the same time? Yeah, but mom, dad, I want this. Mom, dad, give me this, please. It's going to come. Yeah, but when? I'm going to give it to you soon. I, I want it. See, we're expecting our parents to do something in order to initiate the activity for something to be birthed. But we've come to an age where believers have become passive in their so called belief in God, expecting him to do something in our lives. Faith faith needs to be active faith needs to come alive the root word of the amunah is the word amon and it's also interesting in looking at this word because the hebrew word of this word amon is used in so many different ways in isaiah chapter 22 verse 23 it goes as follows i will fasten him a peg in a secure place the word there secure place means amon he will become a glorious throne to his father's house See that that word to a secure place, and we're gonna look at that word a moon on and amon later on to to secure something is also to show one's belief. I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. if you guys ever have baggy trousers and you do not have a belt, what may happen to your trousers? may fall out, so you need your belt to what secure it see the the belt <laughs> many of you guys may be struggling to enjoy that time out when you know that you know you have to walk with one hand on your child just to make sure that nothing falls right but when you have that belt you can relax you go hands free kit everything's free you could just move and walk and, and flow and what am I saying is because the word i means to have something firm to have something secure and if we are to really say that we are people of faith that also means that we need to be securing God to so flow walk move and behave in not only that somebody that believes, but somebody that is acting on the very belief that they claim that they have. Another scripture there in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 9. It goes as follows. Isaiah, verse 7, verse 9. Have you guys got it there? And the head of Ephraim and Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Ramaliah's son. If you do not stand firm, Ammon. In your faith, Amon, you will not stand, Amon, at all. If you do not stand firm, in your faith, you will not stand at all. All those three times, even though the words are different, if the word firm is Amon, the word faith there is Amon, and also to stand, not stand, is still Amon. What am I trying to say there? I'm trying to say, and I've said this many times, the biblical Bible, the word of God that we have in the Hebrew is so rich, has so much depth, and when you begin to understand it, break it down and live it out, you begin to realize that there's so much more that is required on our side, but many times we're just waiting for God to do everything. And that's not because God can't, but because God is not trying to be your genie. He's trying to have a relationship with you. He's trying to have fellowship with you, and he's trying to see, are we going to be stewards and people that believe in him. Faith needs action. My next point. Faith needs action. Exodus chapter 17, verse 12. Exodus chapter 17, verse 12. But Moses' hands were heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady, until the going down of the sun. Now, let me ask you a question. Whose hands were heavy? Who's Moses praying to? He's praying to God, right? His hands are heavy. The Ammon in this case, the Amunah in this case, is when we see that they held up his hands, they supported him. Aaron and her supported him. Because I shared earlier that Amuna is to have something firm. to have something secure. Therefore, I ask us, Whenever we are wavered in the faith, where are we not securing? When we are wavering in the faith, what are the insecurities that are hovering in our minds and our being and our past experiences that make us believe that God, I, I, I don't think I believe anymore. Who's those people that are non-believers that was, you believe in God or the, sp- the, the, the spaghetti God in the air? <laughs> show me God then, show me God, show me God. And they see all these things and sometimes they put a little doubt in our minds and it makes us waver. I'll tell you a story about uh, about two, three years into my faith when I got saved. And there was a guy I did architecture with, namesake actually, called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, if you're listening, God bless you, man. And he's a believer now, so I thank God for that. But what was interested about that time, even though he claimed to be a believer, be a believer at that moment in time, he had a lot of doubts. And I was telling him about Jesus and everything. And he's like, no, I don't want to hear about no Jesus, brother. I said, but you say you believe in God? He said, yeah, but I don't believe in no Jesus, son. And I was explaining and he was just there watching. You know those people that they're just so confident. They don't say nothing. They just watch you speak. Just there watching me speak. And I was explaining about Jesus and the saving grace of our Lord and Savior and, and the blood that redeems us and, and saves and sanctifies us. And he stood there. He's like, bro, I'm never going to speak to you, man. I'm going to send you some YouTube, some YouTube channel. Go and watch this show. And I went to watch that show. It was about 45 minutes long. It started connecting Jesus to Oasis and the Egyptian gods, and so many other things. I sat there as a babe in the faith, digesting this, shaking in my faith, knowing I had a real-life experience with Jesus, but but the things that I was watching was throwing me off course. It threw me off. If I'm to be real raw and vulnerable with you guys, I believed enough because of my experience, but I didn't believe enough because of the knowledge I saw wiped out everything I believe I knew about God. It wiped me out completely. I wasn't secure. I wasn't fastened. But you know what? I didn't let go of what? Of the God I knew to be true. I didn't let go. But I doubted. I didn't tell people. For 12 months, I doubted. I doubted. I doubted. And people were like, yeah, you got to check. Yeah, praise God, man. I'll go. I'll do praise and worship. In the back of my mind, I was saying something about Jesus. And I remember like, yeah, but that might be a or one of those Egyptian gods. So maybe the Bible stole it because this came before this one. And. Yeah, praise me to God and I'm there, but I'm doubting. But I know I've had a real life experience. How do you know your experience is real? I always ask people, if you've ever been bitten on your leg by a dog, (laughs) it wasn't a phantom dog, it was a real dog. You've got the marks to prove it. When God hits you, when God touches you, when you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, you can't doubt that. I knew I had the experience, but I knew the counterfeit knowledge that came into my peripheral, that came into my mind, that came into my present focus began to distort me. And that's how we see James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And here's where God showed me that he is so gracious, so merciful in my life. That a few years down the line, even though I still, have, I still love reading and studying about so many things about scripture, I stumbled upon a video of a man who was an Egyptologist and a, and a historian of biblical history and um, um, history of um, the Far East and Asia and so many other things. And Sat there, and he just sat there posturing, just watching it. I was watching him, And one guy asked him these questions about the new knowledge I found that I thought to be true. And the guy sat there with his legs crossing. Oh, no, nonsense. Utter nonsense. No, that's not nonsense. Let, let me tell you the original history of it. And I was listening. I'm like, nonsense? For 12 months I've been believing in this, but I was scared to tell the believers of my newfound knowledge. I'm like, no, it's nonsense. And he started giving me references, and I went to study it. And I went, to, I'm like, oh, I've been believing a lie for 12 months. I was scared to speak. I was scared to ask believers my, my current fears and, and, and flaws and things I didn't understand. I was even scared to speak to God about it because how many of you guys know there's some conversations you don't want to have with God even though that you know that he knows that. what well, you know, right? I was scared. And here's where God humbled me. The guy still wasn't a believer. He knew all the knowledge of the Bible. He proved that all the false doctrines I, I started to believe were false and he still didn't know the Bible. Why? Because until you have an encounter with God, so you have an encounter with God, some things don't change. The know why? Because it has to be a lifestyle. It has to be a lifestyle. It has to be a lifestyle. And one thing I want us to all be aware of is that to know God and to make God known and to understand the weight of faith is to also be aware that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. In James chapter four, 2, sorry, James chapter 2, a few verses, I'm going to flicker between verse um, 14 through to 26. But let's quickly look at 14 through to 17. What is a prophet, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Is a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food? And I'll stop there for a moment. The reason why I love that, because that's what some people do in the, some of the modern-day faith that we see. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, man, I'm... I'm I'm going through like suicidal thoughts or depression. Okay, cool, man. I'll pray for you. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, I'm broke. I oh, don't worry, my brother, my sister. I'm going to pray for you. And we forget that that was the prayer. Them saying I pray for you was the prayer. They go off and live their best life and they forget everything. Because true faith is not just to leave it on. I pray, I'll pray for you or I have prayed for you. It's what can I do with you? Who can I connect you to? Where can I direct you? Because true faith, the I amenat is action. It's lived out. And that's what you've seen over and over where we're seeing the mockery and the slapping the faith to believers, where he talks about the Samaritans, these people that are set apart, they're not even like us and they're still living it out. They're still acting out because faith is action. Do not allow the enemy to put us in this place that we just premeditate and, and just recycle what it means to meditate and what faith is when it needs action. It needs action. And the more I began to look at this, there's so much more going further down to verse 16. And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their bodies. What does it profit? Well, you said it in faith. Don't worry, God is going is to give you clothing, man. Yeah, man, don't worry. Yeah. God's gonna give you, I'll give you a website where you can buy the jacket, by the way. or the best. But you haven't chosen to act, to live out, to support, and be a living sacrifice for that individual. Verse 17. Thus also, faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is what? It's dead. And this is why I said, I started looking at am like, oh my days. Many of us, in today's day and age, as believers, we claim to be believers. We see people that have it on their Instagram bios. You have your name. In God I trust. Only God can judge me. Or well, you see Bible verses. You look at the pictures and you're like, the pictures reflect the Bible verse? But you know, oh, I'm not meant to judge. Okay, I'm not meant to judge, but the word of God says that you judge the tree by the fruit that it bears. So I'm not meant to leave as a final judgment, but my judgment is an observation for me to either pray for you, to support you, to ask you questions and say, how can I help you? How can I be of hand? How can I be of service to you? Because faith truly without works is dead. And I truly believe that James, who wrote that, the brother of Jesus, probably began to witness how people in his time doing things. And when he saw how Jesus lived, how Jesus walked, how Jesus behaved, he probably thought, nah, we're doing it wrong. We're just recycling mental information. But there is no heart transformation. There is no activity. There's no motion. There's no action to come into it. And because of that, it limits our growth. The next point I want to bring is that practice what you preach and live out what you teach. Practice what you preach and live out what you teach. In 1 John chapter 2, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 through to 6, it goes, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation. What's wrong with me today? Propitiation. Wow, wow, tongue-tied. I'm not even going to do that again. You guys are embarrassing me. This is recorded. No, I'm. so competitive. Propitiation. <laughs> <Yes>. Propitiation. <laughs> that word <laughs> for our sins, and not for our, not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now, by this we know that we know Him if we keep whose commandments, His commandments. So that's a duty on whose part? God's part or our part? Our part. For he says, I know him, and he does not keep his commandments. He's a liar, and the truth is not where? It's not in him. It's not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. I love the word perfected there, because it doesn't say it's perfect. It's perfected. It's ongoing. It's perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him, in him ought himself to walk as who? As he walked. See, faith is not what you talk. It's how you walk. It's movement. It's action. It's to be lived out. It's to be a lifestyle. The Amunah needs to be a lifestyle. And that's why I said that. And that leads me to one of my, my few and my final point. Is that in, us, in order for us to truly love God and live in faith, we must be people that must be willing to want to please God. We must want to please God. We must want to please God. What do I mean by pleasing God? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it goes as follows. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must first believe that he is and that He is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. I'll pause there for a moment. A few key words there. Without faith, Amuna, it is impossible to please him. You need faith. Oh, my God, I believe. Yeah, what are you doing with your yeah, but I believe. What are you didn't even believe. But I believe. I'll give you an example. If I could just have you up here for a minute, please. Dun, dun, dun. You believe in God? Yeah? Cool. I'm going to give you a seed. I'm we'll gonna give seed. you a seed. Okay, go on. Yeah? Here's your seed. Thanks. Yeah? What do you want in life? In life. Yeah, don't say Alad. Okay. Well, you, want, you want something? Yeah. Is she like, on camera? I mean. like that. <laughs> Hold that. Yeah? Yeah? That's what you want in life? Okay. There you go. What are you gonna do with it? Second so half. Yeah, but what are you gonna do with it? Well, this particular thing. Yeah? That's your seed of faith. You're gonna plant it. You're gonna plant it? What happens if you just stand there and pray and pray and pray? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah. What happens if I pour. Um holy water on it. In my hands, nothing. Nothing? No? <laughs> no. What about anointing oil? No, that ain't gonna do it. Nothing? No. That ain't gonna do it. No? no. <laughs> so even if you just stand it for ages, you pray, you fast, you don't be like, God, until you come, this tree's nothing. No. Why? Because it's not in right the, right the right environment. You can't preach, you can preach. You can preach. <laughs> because it's not in the right environment. You see, that's the seed of faith. But until that action takes place. See, there's more money there. until yeah, <laughs> so that and you plant that one. And when you plant that one, I'm like, oh, she planted that? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna give you some more. Oh, thank you. And then you plant that, and you plant that, it begins to flourish. But it took action. See, many of us are like, Yeah, God, I've got the seed, okay, go do it. Yeah, go do it. Yeah, go do it. Yeah, God yeah, give yeah, me that job. Yeah, God get me that bait. Yeah, God save my family. But have you spoken to your family? Did you apply for that job? Did you even make sure that you did you even say hey to your bait? <laughs> He did none of that. But God do it. Make the postman be saved. The postman don't even know Jesus. You're asking if he's saved. You haven't even witnessed to him. And we're doing these things over and over and over. Recycling this passive faith that God is just there thinking there's no here. There's no here. Give it around of applause for you. Thank you. No, you can keep that, man. You can keep that. That's my blessing to you. Thank you. <laughs> and these things, are they Bitcoins? Can you imagine, right? And we're seeing that in the world where people have more faith of the things of this world than in faith of the things of God. It tells us he's a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. Why am I sharing that? Because some of us, we've started the moona, We didn't get a result. Oh yeah, forget All right, I must have cut. And we go again. We didn't get a result Let we go back. And you know the funny thing? We've only gone from A to B. We're forgetting that that alphabet goes from A to Z. So what, what about, go again. If yeah, I didn't see nothing, step again. If yeah, I didn't see nothing ever, go again. And until we continue to diligently seek Him, what reward do you expect to get? One thing I've always said in business <laughs> is that there is no reward without any element of risk. See, Abraham still had to risk something. The fathers of the faith had to risk something. The question is that what are you willing to risk in order to see something changed in your life? And I'm going to close with one or two things that i saw when i was looking at this this term the and i was breaking down the hebrew and please go and study it for yourself there's a quick image i want you to see here and one thing i love about the word munah there is that as much as we as again hebrew we look from we read from right to left the aleph which is almost like the head of an ox the man the water the mystery and why is it the mystery because one thing i began to learn is that faith is a mystery faith is a mystery the things that we pray for, the things that we ask for, the faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence of the things not seen. And what happens in that mystery, there's a valve there. And that valve is key. Because the valve in itself is literally like when something is established, when something is secure, when something is fastened. And when something is fastened and is secure, no matter what happens in life, we'll always be, be connected. I've seen some videos on on social media with a a baby badger. And then she was walking and she had like 10 babies on her. I mean, a a mother badger, she had like 10 babies on her. I was like, ah, motherhood is tough, you know, even in the animal kingdom, motherhood is tough. But it made me realize that God gave me a revelation that if those babies don't continue to cling to the mother, they will not necessarily see the promised land. You see, the mum is doing all the work because it's not us, it's God. But there's an activity, there's an action that takes place from the baby badges to hold on, to see something. They're secure, they are fastened. And you can have that down for the moment. But the reason why I love that is because in the word of God, it tells us in Matthew chapter 13, verse 53 to 55. And here's where I end this. There's something I find powerful about the word of moon. And I'm like, God, there's so many mysteries in the Bible and so many revelations and things to unravel. And it tells us in Matthew chapter 13, verse 53 to 55. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. Verse 54. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? Verse 55. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is it not his mother, called Mary, and his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Is this not the carpenter's son? And why am I bringing that up? Because I shared with you, Amuna comes from the root word Anon and Amon, and Amon tells us to, to be fastened, it tells you to be a master craftsman, and Jesus was a carpenter, the very thing that they used to mock him, Jesus again reminded us in a in a, in a revelation format to say that vav is established and he still, being a carpenter's son, perfected his craft, not only what they believed he saw, but perfecting his craft in knowing who he is and who he was. Because when you perfect your craft in what God has called you to do, you don't have to think about doing it. When you first start driving, find a buying point, you start your legs start seizing up. You know? <laughs> Everything is shaking. Are uh, you stalled? Are uh, you stalled? But when you're driving, this is manual, these are the people that pass the manual, not automatic, by the way. But when you're driving and you're used to the manual after a few years, you have to change from gear one to gear two, gear two to gear three. You're already looking. You're not doing that. Push it, push it, It's looking. It's an autonomy. And why? Because you've mastered your craft. And Jesus being a carpenter's son. What they thought they used to mock him, they didn't realize that Jesus in himself still acted out in faith because he was a faithful one. He's the true and living God. And I pray that as there are the remaining 175 days left of the year, how many days of a mooner will you act out, live out in your life to see God move? Why? Because it's not meant to be a mental gymnastics, but it's meant to be lifestyle lived out. And the moment we as believers live it out, we can now count ourselves, as the Hebraic word tells us of a Emunah, what real faith looks like. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, that every single person here today will continue to live out their faith. They'll walk out their faith. They'll do more walk than they do talk. They'll do more living than they'll do thinking. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, any blockage in our lives that is trying to stop us from growing in you, from living for you, from witnessing to unbelievers, from stepping out in bold faith, from holding on to your promise. Father, I pray that every thought, every limiting thought, every limiting activity, remove it, O God. Set your captives free. Set the saints free that we may continue to run, trust in you, live for you, be in you, and make faith not a one-time event or a thought, but rather activity that is lived out on a daily basis. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And as every head is still bowed.